Three seconds to go. Throws up the floater. All right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Ball Street Journal podcast. Exciting day in basketball today and this week. A great playoff games. So we got me and Nishant here on the line. So Nishant, say hey, hi to everybody. Yo, guys. What's what's going on? I'm I'm pretty sad that we haven't been able to watch some basketball the last few days. Yeah, three days of no basketball. Yes. And this week we got a special guest, Rohit Mohan. And just a quick uh, introduction to him. So his first name is Rohit, last name is Mohan. But me and Nishant just like. Throughout this podcast, you'll hear us calling him Rohit or Mohan, so just bear with us. All right, Rohit, introduce yourself. All right, so what's up, guys? My name is Rohit. Um, this is my first time on the Ball Street Journal, and I'm uh, pretty excited to be here. Uh, so I've, I'm actually coming on this week as a, mostly as a LeBron consultant. I've been uh, This is year 16 for me as a LeBron fan. I've been following him since the ESPN, uh, the Chosen One cover back in junior high. <laughs> and I've kind of followed him with all his ups and downs. And uh, I'm just like one st- I'd say this is like one step below Windhorse in terms of my devotion to LeBron. So see if I can give these guys some good material this week. <laughs> well, yeah, me and Ashanti didn't even have to ask him how long you've been a LeBron fan, Ben. He just went off. Yeah, man. We, we needed to have him on so we can talk to him. This is the year that LeBron, you know, we were kind of worried about him, but uh, LeBron's been coming through, man. What do you think? So, yeah, this year, um, I mean, through the regular season, what I've been seeing with this Cavs team is um, obviously you got to break the season up into like four parts. Many analysts have kind of talked about it that way. So it's like there's uh, obviously the, the first part of the regular season with the original squad, like before the trade deadline and the blow up. Then there's the second part, which is the new, with the new guys, Rodney Hood, George Hill. Um, and uh, that's that's like the second part. And then you got the real season, which I always refer, refer to as the playoffs. And uh, that's kind of where this team has kind of uh, been shaky at the beginning and then kind of come through. But this year, yeah, I've been worried about the Cavs. I think mainly from a defensive standpoint, I think like LeBron has played better than I've ever seen him. I think in terms of his, his jump shot going in and like just his overall durability, obviously it's the first time he's played 82 games this season and like, it's the best I've ever seen LeBron, but, like, probably the worst Cavs team I've seen since uh, the pre-Miami Heat days. Oh, like the 9 10 those Cavs, right? The ones who lost this. Yeah, South, like the Mo, the Mo Williams, the Mo Williams <laughs> squad. <laughs> but it seems, like the, it seems like the team is kind of coming through get, together at this point. I think missing George Hill in that first round really was holding them back. Because as soon as he came back, I mean, they've been thriving. They, you know, train wrecked the, uh, the Raptors. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But do you finally think they're clicking right at the perfect time to to get get make that finals run i think so i mean i think uh, the raptors are kind of like uh the catalyst this team needs to kind of <laughs> get going i think the pacers played them really tough and I, I i definitely didn't take that first round matchup lightly even when they had the schedules out i was like oh the pacers gonna be tough in the first round and they, it, i mean yeah they gave them a run for their money and went all the way to seven games um, I think this team is coming together, but I think in order to compete with whoever comes out of the West, most likely the Warriors, they're going to have to improve just as much as they did in the previous round, this round, especially on the defensive end. I think offensively, they looked really good in the last round, and they were like, everything was clicking, the threes were falling, but they were still got to raise their defensive intensity, especially on transition, which has been the problem with this team's defense all year to another level in, toward, in order to compete with the West. Yeah, I mean, they, they found this new like play that... The Raptors, like, unexplainably could not stop for some reason. Where LeBron's at the top of the key, like, by the three-point line. 
And Kevin Love set a screen, like a down screen for Kyle Korver. And every time, Kyle Korver would just be open. Or it'd be the other way, where Korver would screen for Love, and they somehow, Love would duck in under the rim and get an amazing pass from LeBron and just score. And I feel like Brad Stevens will figure out how to way to stop that, because Dwayne Casey was completely <laughs> incapable. Yeah, speaking of Absolutely. the... Go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, we'll go into. The, I guess we could. I don't know when we should talk about the Raptors, but um, yeah, Dwayne. K, like, <laughs> I mean, we're already there, right? I think Brad Steve. Yeah, I think uh, Brad Stevens. I think uh, absolutely, I agree. He's like a, he's good, he's kind of uh, very good at coming up with his own plays and diagnosing them. Dwayne Casey. I mean, this this year is one thing, but like three straight years, like to the same t- like to the same team over and over again, like not being able to like. I understand not having an answer for LeBron to stop. You're not going to have st- to stop him, but, like, to completely, like, not make any adjustments and just kind of let them run right through you, it's kind of like... Well, well he I did make no, an like, adjustment. Words. Give him some yeah, credit. He like, benched right. DeRozan for a whole quarter <laughs> to try to help them win. Yeah, Dwayne Casey's biggest adjustment was benching his best player on a, his five... The max player on the team, benching him. I mean, I completely lost my mind in this series, like... So people were today. Dwayne Casey got fired. Rest in peace to him, or whatever prayers. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> but the thing is, right? So all these people started coming down and be like, "Oh man, the coach of the year potentially is getting fired, and what's the big deal?" But if you watch these games, so let's take game two. Four straight plays. Kevin Law was just posting up CJ Miles. The dude did not make an adjustment and didn't think like I should do something about it. And same with Game 3, like that game winner by LeBron. Yeah, great shot by LeBron. But all Dwayne Casey did was just put uh, OG and Bui, like him on one-on-one. Like didn't blitz LeBron, like didn't think to do like something different to maybe throw LeBron off his game. Like, Well, in his defense, they didn't take a timeout. So, I mean, that, yeah. was, that was actually a pretty smart call, I think, by Coach LeBron. He didn't call a timeout. <laughs> he did what Russell Westbrook does, which is grab the ball, run up the court. And, you know, at that point, they didn't have a defensive scheme set up. But they probably should have talked about how to defend the best player in the game on, on, a, on a game-winning type situation, especially because LeBron hit a game-winner in the Indiana series. Oh, yeah. So they probably should have, you know, talked about that <laughs> beforehand, not just been like, oh, Adnobi, you know, charge at him and try your best to defend him. Because yeah. there was, if you look at the slow-mo, there was this, this split second where, you know, LeBron um, sees Adnobi, he sees that he's gotten a step ahead of him, and he, like, smirks before he jumps up and gets, you know, the thousand-foot elevation that he gets. So that way, even if Adnobi puts up a hand, it's like a wide-open shot. Yeah. Yeah. So let's like let's backtrack a bit with the Raptors and what went wrong, because because I think the they're going extinct this year and they <laughs> rebuild their entire like platform. There, there's three issues with the Raptors and like there's three levels at which like their problems kind of start. I one let's start with the they lost the series in game one even before the even before LeBron shot psychologically to give up that game on your home floor with a fatigued LeBron shooting like way below his normal numbers and kind of not showing up in game one missing like eight layups down the stretch um, that the series was lost there but I think it, given that you know that it's Cleveland that you have to beat in the East there's like an organizational issue like uh, like kind of with a personnel issue I think. For the regular season, if you look at their like uh, kind of the statistics and like most of their wins, even though they're the second best record in the league, came against sub 500 teams. They were pretty pretty average or mediocre against the, the top teams in the league. Especially the and second they had a deep year, bench, yeah. which allowed them to kind of shine in the regular season and like play well on back to backs and with that kind of schedule. But 
you had to build you needed to add some like major pieces whether defensively or like the deep bench is not going to get you through a series with Nishan, LeBron. Nishan's, yo, bro, uh, Nishan's boy Van Vliet. Yeah, he, he was, uh, I mean, <laughs> right, to, to be honest, this guy's playing with a hurt shoulder and, you know, he tried his best. He's he's the only one under uh, who's not under contract for next season, so he's the only one from the rafters that might be gone. That Yeah, I mean, it would be a big loss, but, I mean, the fact that out of all the players, Dwayne Casey, once again, end of game one, Van Vliet, I don't think he should be taking the potential game winning shot. But that was DeMar, DeMar DeRozan's fault. I think that play was meant for DeMar DeRozan at the very end, and and he got scared. I think I think LeBron is the boogeyman for him. Yeah. Anytime, anytime LeBron is on him, he gets so scared that he, or anytime he's playing LeBron's team, not even if LeBron is on him, he gets scared. He just doesn't perform. I mean, he came up really bad this this. Uh, this whole series and probably in the whole playoffs. I mean, he wasn't that great yeah, altogether. It wasn't a good look for. Maybe he's just not a winner. Ooh, exactly. Damn, going all the way there. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, going to the Van Vliet point. I, I remember, <laughs> I remember vaguely seeing on primetime once this year. Van Vliet did hit a game winner one one time this year. Wait, I really? Was he did. I think it, yeah, it was against the Jazz or some team. I was watching. It was on primetime on a Friday. And from the corner, he hit a game winner. It's like he hit a shot like that, and like that was and like that was when like the I Raptors mean, were really filling themselves in the prime. So a Friday in Utah isn't why... really like prime time when it comes. To... <laughs> <laughs> Man, they had a great night. Like, what are you talking about? You've never been out and about that for me to, to me have seen, to have seen that game because you know how much regular season basketball I watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for for all you listeners, um, uh, Rohan uh, Moh- Mohan. Wow, sorry. <laughs> Mohan views the regular season as the preseason, and real basketball starts when the playoffs begin. <laughs> I mean, this Raptors team, if anything, is like, like plays into my like hand like better than anything you've ever like. This Raptors team, the regular season, their second best record in the league. But like, I mean, as LeBron said, I mean, you could have me as the four, five, six seed. It doesn't matter if I come into your building, I'm gonna be a problem. So yep. it's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't like this regular season only means so much because everything is the the whole game is like entirely different in the playoffs just the rotations schemes physicality everything's different it kind of it kind of makes sense right like why they're called the raptors because in the preseason aka the regular season they thrive because they're prehistoric creatures (laughs) (laughs) and then when the real season begins the cavaliers aka humans are always stomp on them year after year after year (laughs) so this week like uh on espn there's like this really good article about comparing lebron and jordan I mean, we've seen different articles in the past about this, right? Like, because now LeBron's at the point, like, completing year 15. Jordan played 15 seasons. So it's like a good, valid argument to compare these two players, Jordan and LeBron. And it was talking about how basically Jordan at his peak, maybe like in the early 90s, might have been the better player. But overall, LeBron's put together a better career. And he should definitely gain, give, be given consideration at this point for the uh, GOAT. And um, just wanted to know, what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, Mohan, what do you think? So, I mean, I think, like, I've seen this approach from a lot of ways. I've seen I've seen some people actually come around over the course of his career, and, like, some people do give him respect now, and I'm seeing the body of work. But I think the the old the old 90s basketball fans, the, the hard-school hard Jordan fans, I think they'll never say LeBron's better, but I think they're all kind of coming around in terms of giving him respect for his body of work. And I think in terms of my... And from from an unbiased basketball perspective, I think uh, what I told you guys earlier this week. I think I read an article. In addition to the article that came out this week, there's another article talking about the boat versus the goat. So I think they la- label Jordan as the greatest of all time. So at the peak of his powers, when he's winning, he's actually the greatest player. 
but the best of all time in terms of like being the best player on the floor at all like being able to play all the positions the best player for their team I think LeBron has rightfully earned that distinction. Yeah, I so think I agree. That's where I would distinct kind of d- divide Jordan and LeBron. Yeah, I think I definitely agree. Kevin Pelton had a pretty good quote today that I was reading. He said Jordan might be the better player at his best, but LeBron has already put together the best NBA career we've ever seen. And I mean, LeBron's probably got another 5 years. I yeah. think I was look, looking at a, I was looking at the projection stats. He might be the highest scorer to ever play the game. He's going to be in the top 5 for assists. You know, he's going to be probably in the top 1520 for rebound because just because of the like the length of his career wow. he's going to be up there in steals he's going to be up there in blocks as you're talking about a guy who played most of the season every season that he's played for 15 years he's never had a major injury and barring a major injury like you know um Kobe had at the end of his career LeBron's yeah. going to be finishing out his career s- still strong yeah i mean i think that's the fear with LeBron now right like this dude's been so healthy his whole career like he's just genetically blessed like gloria just gave birth to this amazing <laughs> amazing son thank you delante <laughs> <laughs> so gloria's just given birth to this guy like who's been given great genetics never uh had a major injury i mean he also takes care of his body like spends the 1.5 million a year taking care of his body but it just that's the fear right he's been playing so many minutes for so many years consistently and you just wonder if his body's going to break down at some point but if he keeps this up like i mean i think he's going to overtake jordan if at this rate yeah there's a stat um that i was reading today that lebron has played more playoff minutes than the whole celtics team combined oh i, I saw that yeah <laughs> isn't that crazy this is you're talking about a, a 12 man <laughs> roster and al horford has seen his fair share of the playoffs so he probably puts up like half if not more of the Celtics player. Yeah, I mean, cuz Tatum is a rookie, Jalen Brown's a second year player, I think Rozier's a third year player. So these guys haven't seen big playoff minutes. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's that's that's all part of his thing. I mean, yeah, I think LeBron even this as a having seen him through his career, even this year there is like um there's there is like has been a decline, but LeBron has been really good at like um kind of masking it. I think at times you see him kind of um Especially in the regular season, you saw him kind of veer off on the defensive end, and that's why the Cavs had their like terrible, terrible like doomsday scenario in January before the trade deadline. <laughs> Where they had and to that's get because rid LeBron of wasn't playing. Yeah, and LeBron wasn't playing defense at that point, and obviously he's the floor general. And when he's not playing defense, the rest of these guys weren't playing defense either. And even in the playoffs, I mean, he expends energy pretty judici- judiciously. So from that standpoint, the decline has already begun. And in terms of preventing injury, like uh, my guys, Tom Brady, LeBron James, they spend a lot. They spend a tremendous amount of money on their body and like recovery, and that's kind of the secrets to both their careers Damn, in a way. It's like plugging in Tom Brady on on this podcast just <laughs> <laughs> trying to bring all your guys in here. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so it's like I, LeBron spends a, yeah I, some sta- some uh, something's upwards of a million million and a half dollar like a 1.5 million dollars on his body every year. He flies his in the off season he flies his personal trainer, his chef with him everywhere he goes. And I mean he he basic and that's the reason why he hasn't seen those declines. Obviously he's been lucky in that like no like freak injuries happened to him, but he does everything in his power to prevent it from happening. He's judicious on the court and I think all of that like um speaks to why his career has been as long as it has been and he's been able to take the minutes on his body and now that we've hit the conference finals i mean one big thing that i'm i'm relieved about personally is like yeah i mean the days off between games increases more and more as you go further in the playoffs and lebron like i thought like the second round would be a real problem for lebron given that like um they went went to 7 which has never happened for lebron in the first round and uh they were ready for game 1 and you could see you could see in game 1 that he was he was out of it he had no gas left 
Um, so like now that he has the time off, you'll I think you'll continue to see a very very strong strong outing from LeBron in this series and hopefully the next. Yeah, I mean they finish their series up on Monday. Game one's on Sunday, so he's getting six days of rest. Um, I think this will be an interesting series. What do you guys think? Um, what are some of the things you're looking for, or like if you guys want to give a prediction for this uh, Celtics Cavs series? I mean, we I'm all. Sean, know- you can go ahead. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, I I think. I have been kind of against the Celtics from the beginning. I, I thought the Bucks were going to beat them, and I thought the Sixers. We all were we beat all thought them. the Sixers. Were, I mean, yeah. And my my whole my whole you know argument there is that I think the Celtics are le- le- uh, lacking both experience and in this case talent. But I, I was wrong. I think you know as much as experience is important, I think great coaching really makes a difference. And not only uh, changing what your defensive scheme is between games, but within games and. I didn't realize this, but the Celtics are uh, like a top two defense, even with uh, Kyrie out. And so they have a fantastic defensive team, and that's really what's keeping them going. The fact that Al Horford is able to guard the opponent's best player, uh, I mean, yeah. he, he was he was on he was on uh, Simmons the whole game. And, and there's yeah. some stat, like he was there for 90, 90% of Simmons' uh, uh, minutes on the court, and Simmons had the worst plus minus of the whole Sixers team. He was like minus one hundred and fifty five or something like that when he was on the court. Yeah, was he guarding? You mean Simmons or Embiid? Because right, he was guarding Embiid most of the time. No, he was at, when Simmons was on the court. He was Horford was guarding Simmons. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah. Horford's just a beast. I mean, we all everybody calls him average Al, but this guy's like definitely more than average, right? I mean, everybody was laughing when he made the All Star team, and it's like, how did this dude make the All Star team? But I think he, in the playoffs, he's showing like without Kyrie. Um, he's been to he, the, all these young guys on the Celtics look at him as the leader and he's coming through my only fear about the rest of this series is you know LeBron has been a Raptors killer LeBron has also been Al Horford killer with, <laughs> with his time in Atlanta and so I really think the, the linchpin here is LeBron and I think the Cavs will pull this one out just based on experience it seems like the supporting cast is coming together now and the fact that there's still no one in the East that can guard LeBron and there's no one that could slow LeBron down the only person that was close was probably Paul George and now he's no longer in the East. And mm. the only other person that can slow him down is Iguodala, who's in the West, and Kawhi Leonard, who's who knows where he's right now. He's at a Dodgers game right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can't see anything stopping them. It just comes down to how many games it's going to be. And I have a lot of respect for Brad. And so I think maybe they can squeeze out one game at home and it'll be a gentleman sweep in five. But I, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Mark? So yeah, in terms, Yeah, in terms of my views, yeah, I mean, I think... Until uh, I've been watching, like, yeah, I think I've seen Brad Stevens kind of the, the Celtics games, like, especially in the playoffs. Like, the dude is like a magician with some of the play play calling and some of the like, especially his out of bounds plays. Like, they're like they're automatic two points because he's that like that has that much kind of basketball knowledge and knows how to maximize his guys. And he he's the reason these young young dudes are playing with a tremendous amount of confidence. And you could see that like. It, like side by side with the Sixers and how they handle certain situations down the stretch and I think this this series is going to be a battle of the minds between LeBron who's the coach on the floor and then Brad Stevens who, the Celtics coach and I think Brad St- it's going to be a tough series I think for the Cavs and I think it's going to go six I think I think it's going to go to six because you sure um, you're not using reverse psychology because I know you think it's going <laughs> to be done at four <laughs> <laughs> not, not this time no I think I think it's and I think he, like just like I think um if the supporting cast doesn't show up like in the Pacer series, this could be a trouble for the Cavs. But given that they've improved, I think that the fact that the supporting cast, LeBron's going to need a supporting cast to win the series, especially on the defensive end. I think the games are going to be much more low scoring. 
And um, yeah, I think it's going to come down to like guys hitting shots and kind of um, the series could be shorter if like kind of the, the young guys don't pick up the young guys on the Celtics don't kind of lose their confidence earlier on. But like if they if the Celtics somehow hold serve like on the first two games is like, you know, that's going to be pretty intense. I mean, I think even the game one is going to be critical for the Celtics confidence. And from there, you, we're going to kind of see where where the series goes. I th- I'm not uh, putting anything past Brad Stevens. And I think he's like him and Pop are the two best coaches in the league, like hands down. Who do you think is the most important guy on the Cavs besides LeBron? Like who needs to make sure they show up game in and game out? Because I, you know, originally I, mean, yeah, I thought it would be Kevin Love, but I actually think it's someone else. Who do you think? I mean, Kevin Love, yeah. I mean, we need you, we need like the production from Kevin Love um, on a day in day out basis. I think Corver is important for the offense, but I think the catalyst for the Cavs, like who who the, if they hit shots, they win games. Is J.R. Smith? If J.R. Smith hits like three to four threes a game, like they win all. Like if you look at it, the, the percentage of games won, it's ridiculous. So he's kind of the wild card for the Cavs and kind of who determines determines how they how well they play. Yeah, I'm just scared he may be smoking too much weed right now. I mean, did you guys see that post game where... where he's like, I'm gonna do some green or something? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, so the, uh, he was on SportsCenter after the game, and uh, I think it was Scott Van Pelt. He's asking Jr. Uh, he's like, man, it looks like you really had a green light this tonight. He's like, not as much as green as I'm about to hit this after this game. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, and the, and the matchup between uh, Tristan Thompson and Al Horford is going to be huge. You mean Chloe uh, Kardashian the... and Al Horford? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so the... the, uh, the the crazy numbers game in this series, right? Is the Celtics probably, uh, I saw somewhere, they have the better three-point shooting percentage, better th- uh, team defense, better three-point defense, more fast break points, uh, probably more overall team depth. But then you just look at the Cavs and it's like, shit, they have LeBron. Like, that's like the great equalizer, right? We're just talking about how great LeBron is. And yeah. it's like they may have all this going for them, the Celtics. But it may not matter if you, like, they can't do anything about LeBron. But I know, Nishan, you were saying, like, you had like another guy in mind, right? Uh, for who you think is going to be the second most important player on the t- team next to LeBron? Yeah, so I actually think it's 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 going to be uh, how George Hill plays and how he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. No one's been talking. And, about and the reason for this is I think LeBron, in order to get rest in in games and especially because he's trying to play like forty eight minutes every single game, they need a second primary ball handler. And mm-hmm. that, I think the reason why they struggled in that Indiana series is because they didn't have that. LeBron had to bring the ball up every single time. Mm. And he was getting tired. Mm. And by the end of the game, he was, if you look at his shot chart, it went from a lot of shots in the paint to a lot of shots at threes. And we even saw it towards, I think in the game seven, he was just shooting threes from far away because he was tired. Mm. And I think George Hill really makes that a lot better because he can take five, 10, 12 minutes of being the primary ball handler. And if he can do that effectively and stay healthy and yeah. orchestrate some sort of offense... That's the big thing. Can he stay healthy? Exactly. Know? Then I think that he's the key guy. And not only that, but on the flip end, I think he's the most important defensive player as well. Because the nightmare... You know Tatum and Brown are going to get their points. Can you stop a guy like Rozier? Can you stop, <laughs> a, guy like, Terry. Can you stop a guy like Smart? And I think you need a strong point guard defender. And George Hill arguably <laughs> was brought in for that reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, yeah, George Hill... It's like yeah, I still don't know how much I can like um I'm I'm like optimistic given the last series, but like yeah the I think the guys I listed given that I've been watching this team for a while were all the the old school guys the guys who won the championship. But I agree for the this team to go like all the way and win it, those those newer guys have to come up come up big in this series as well. My one last question to you before we kind of conclude is, what do you think about the fact that you know uh, 
And uh, Jay, you too, because you're a Lakers fan. A lot of these guys came from the Lakers. Nance not getting any minutes. Yep. Jordan Clarkson getting you know marginal minutes, maybe in garbage time or a couple of minutes here or there. You know, Rodney Hood really not being that important of a player. Where LeBron is kind of falling back to his guys. Yeah. What do you feel about that trade? I mean, that trade was big, but there's really only one guy that's coming out of it now, which is George Hill. Yeah, I think the fear with that trade was when they made it is it kind of rejuvenated LeBron rather than the players themselves being better than their replacements. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I've been like watching these Lakers, like Nance and Clarkson, we never, like Lakers haven't been in a big game in like four or five years. Like they, these guys in playoff time, it's different. And that's, they're not going to get these minutes. And before game seven, we saw Tristan Thompson got his first start and LeBron pretty much like confirmed that he runs the whole show there. He said, I wanted my guys to start that game with, uh, with the championship team. So it was Love, JR, him, Thompson, and then Kyle Korver for that game because I mean LeBron loves Kyle even though he wasn't there for that championship game because he's a shooter and LeBron is a <laughs> yeah I think LeBron's gonna ride or die with his guys exactly um I think yeah it comes down to it's pre- it comes down to something much more simple than that I think it's like given that we talked about how the season's divided into multiple p- pieces uh especially the Lakers guys and the new guys they don't have the playoff experience and that's like the number one thing on why they haven't been as effective as the, the other guys I mean like uh that's kind of why they haven't showed up as much. They haven't gotten as much as many minutes. And this Cavs team, like, I mean, that because they didn't have, like, a full season to kind of, as much as I diminish the regular season, the importance of it is to kind of get continuity. And that's why, that's what this team doesn't have. And from round to round, the reason you've seen so much inconsistency and kind of grow, change from round to round in the playoffs with this cat these Cavs squads is, like, um, that's the reason. I think, like, they learn on the fly, literally. And, like, in addition to getting the days off for rest, like, six days off is like six days for this team to practice which they haven't really had and I think that's kind of the big big reason so as as like LeBron gains trust with these guys and if they continue to advance these guys will get more minutes and they could potentially like help out more and I think that's what it comes down to and hopefully the Cavs won't overlook the Celtics like everyone else including mm-hmm. myself has been doing all playoffs long and they won't start trying to think about oh are we playing the Rockets or the Warriors oh yeah yeah <laughs> alright so before we move on to the Western Conference I just hope uh we get a great series in this and Rodney Hood actually shows up or maybe he won't even if he's called upon. Because <laughs> <laughs> you be like, nah, I'm okay. I'll just sit on the bench. <laughs> I'll let Chetty Osman play over me. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, guys. So now coming to the other side, the Western Conference, man, this is the series we've all been waiting for since Chris Paul got traded to the Rockets. Um, Daryl Morey has come out and said it. We're obsessed with beating the Warriors. But of course, our boy Draymond is like they may be obsessed with us, but we're only obsessed with one thing. That's championships. Like completely <laughs> showing no respect to the Rockets. And we already know Draymond's gonna get some technicals and flagrants in this series. And um, it's good. I mean, it's, I can't wait for Game One on Monday because I think Cavs are on Sunday yet. Rockets, Warriors on. Monday. What's your guys' favorite matchup in this series? So I'm pretty excited to see what uh, Chris Paul and Steph are gonna be like. I assume mm. that Chris Paul is gonna be the primary defender on Steph. And historically, Chris Paul, I mean, he's aged now, but he's 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 one of the best elite defenders. And Steph, who's coming off of an injury, and he said in that first game, it was all about adrenaline. And he's, he's kind of getting his legs under him. I think the rest is going to be really helpful. But I think that Steph is the key to winning this series for the Warriors and winning the playoffs in general. And I think if Chris Paul can even slow him down or make his percentage a little bit worse, I think that's the matchup that I'm most interested to see. Mm. I agree as well. It's, it's, it's Steph versus uh, CP3, and like especially given how well CP3 played in the last series in the closeout game. I mean, he's coming off hot. 
Steph is Steph since the injury is like taking the Warriors back to like last year's championship level of like like efficiency and like their offense is just another they they have another gear when Steph is on the floor and I think that's what's left to be seen that that matchup is going to determine the series and like uh seeing like um yeah whether the Rockets have that extra gear with this newfound team that they've built this year what do you think Jay yeah I mean so I, I, I Steph is good right but the reason the Warriors went and got someone like KD to a ready stack team I mean we all think it's unfair and all that but the reason the Warriors like went and got KD is because when you come to a series like this right so let's say CP takes out like Chris Paul takes out Steph and then maybe like Ariza takes out um Clay, Clay right they'll probably hide Harden on um, Iguodala or Draymond because I mean Harden can't guard KD so then they're gonna have to put like uh Luke Richard and Mamute or PJ. Who, who looked great in that game coming back. I mean, this guy, yeah. last game of the season, pops his shoulder. No, I'm not, sorry, back. sorry, yeah. To all the listeners, I wasn't laughing at his skill, but just like his name, <laughs> Luke Richard, <laughs> Mahamute, or uh, PJ Tucker, right? I mean, he's like a little rough guy, uh, PJ Tucker. But KD can be that guy where if Luke Richard and P- the great defenders, but let's be honest, when KD's jumping, like he, does, he won't even see them. So if KD's on fire and he's on, I think that's going to be the X factor. I mean, it's it's weird calling someone like KD an X factor, but if he can be like a, like the last year's Finals MVP KD, then the Warriors should be good. It's interesting. They exactly. list him at six nine, I think, or but he's seven foot. <laughs> but he's seven foot. I mean, you watch this guy jump, jump, and I noticed it most prominently in the Spurs series. He jumps up, and like, if you put a hand up, you're still not covering his face. Yeah. So you're essentially not contesting the shot. Yeah. Even uh, last time, like when whenever Drew Holiday was on him, like great defender, we saw how Drew Holiday took out Damian Lillard, but completely different animal when it's well, on KD. Well, Drew Holiday is also listed as six three, probably closer <laughs> yeah. to six one. So yeah. this guy's got almost a foot advantage <laughs> after over every single shot. <laughs> I yeah, mean, one, the, oh, sorry, yeah, you go, Rohit. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So in terms of sorry, in terms of competing with the Warriors, there's just. There's just too many things that have to go right for you to win a game because there's like so many like 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 what you were saying Ajay with KD like there's so many people that like have to go cold there's their system always has like on offense there's constantly movement going on so everyone gets good looks they have a good system and they have like the perfect players to run their system and it's like the talent gap between them and the rest of the the teams in the like the field especially when Steph is there is just it's there's just too many things that have to go right and you have to rely on like a lot of guys going cold and you having a perfect game to win a playoff game against them. And that's why winning four out of seven, they've only lost, they haven't lost a single game on their home floor. They've only lost with the full lineup. They've only lost one game. Uh, and that was last postseason to the, the Cavs. And like, that's how good this team is. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of scary. There was an article today on ESPN. I think they were talking about how the Warriors will beat you before you even realize it because they go on this one three minute spurt. Yeah, and if you look at that three minute spurt, they just they they just shoot lights out and they defend really well, and that's all it takes because it swings the game like twelve points, and it I mean that's that's crazy, right? Like you're you're up by five, and all of a sudden you're down by seven. Your team is so demoralized, all in a span of three minutes because you can't stop a guy like Clay or Steph or KD just training threes. And I think if if the if the Rockets want to be able to win this series, they have to be able to counteract that three-minute spurt with their own three-minute spurt of you guys can't stop us from the three-point line, whether it's yeah. a step-back three from uh, CP3 or James Harden or it's one of those spot-up threes from guys like, you know, R- Ryan Anderson or Eric Gordon. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Rockets are very capable of, like, spurts on their own. Um, but it'll be, it'll be interesting, right, because we've seen in the past, I mean, CP3 finally made a Western Conference Finals. 
So technically, he's he's not been at this stage before. I mean, he's a great player, so it shouldn't be a big deal to him. But he's never been in a Western Conference Finals. James Harden's had his playoff struggles. Mike D'Antoni, same thing. Playoff, uh, he's had his playoff struggles. So I'm just wondering, like, when it gets to these big, cl- crucial moments, the Warriors, right? They've been there. They've done it. They won championships together. They added KD last year, so you can't say anymore that oh, okay, they haven't done it without KD anymore. So they've been through all these big moments, and I'm just wondering if like all those threes that they take when they carry just a little bit more meaning in these closed moments, if they're still going to go in like they were in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And another thing I'm concerned about is just um, they do it. There was a there's an article talking about like how efficient Harden is in isolate in the in the ISO compared to other players, but yeah, that's the thing. Like I don't going into those like those clutch moments, things of that sort, or even beyond that. Like I don't know how much isolation ball we're going to see when it get the games get close, the defense gets more intense, given that it will with the Warriors. How much isolation is going to happen, and whether Harden has shown in these playoffs that he's not Harden hasn't shown up every game this playoffs. It's been Either, either him or CP3 have shown up every game and there's been still a fair amount of isolation ball mm-hmm. and like if both of them go cold some game or like the Warriors are fine the Warriors have the talent to take both of them out of a given game plan uh, who's going to be whether they, they'll make the right basketball play and find the, get the other guys involved in the regular season they did but like now in the Western Conference Finals it's left to be seen whether they can step up like the rest of the Warriors and I think the most interesting thing to actually this this series is going to be what's going to happen with Capella. I think Capella has arguably been just gonna the that, most yeah. important piece for them. I mean, he's, you know, guarding Anthony Davis, like what, what, everything that he's doing. So do you guys um, think uh, JaVale McGee should see some minutes? Maybe. Or or do you just you do you just play without any of the bigs and just play with your Hamptons 5 lineup and force Capella off the court because he can't defend any of the smaller guys? I mean... Is that the way the, the ultimate yeah. small ball beating big ball? Especially if Draymond's making threes, then like Capella, like it's gonna be hard for him to stay off on the floor. They could hide him on Draymond or Iguodala if they're not making the, their three pointers, but the threat is always there. So that's but even the then, I think Capella loses effectiveness because what happens is he's outside of the paint. Then if he oh, has to leak all the way out, so then KD and like KD and Steph yeah. can get into the paint. I think that's why Capella was so important the first two series because he was in the paint, getting blocked, getting altering shots. So he he looked like. The Stifle Tower. Yeah, I mean, he was like making was, Carl looked, Anthony Towns look like nothing. Yeah. Yeah, the Matumbo coaching. <laughs> uh, the Matumbo finger wag, man. It's, it's working. And so if, if he can't stay on the court, I think the Warriors wrap this up real quick and everyone looks at the uh, Rockets and says, hey, Daryl Morey, what, what's next? Uh, are we going to get LeBron next? <laughs> LeBrockets. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, the Warriors. I, if I were the Warriors, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like upsized. Maybe it's at spurts, Javale McGee might be helpful, but I think yeah, you keep, you keep Draymond and let him push the pace and see if Capella can keep up. And I think that's kind of what the Warriors have been best at. And I think he, the funny thing is, yeah, I mean, this team has been constructed explicitly to try to beat the Warriors, and it's like gonna be a, like it's gonna be interesting if all this finally pays off. We saw it in the opener, like everyone was watching the season op- the regular season opener and saw the Rockets pull off like a surprising win and kind of have all that swagger and confidence. Them, let's see if like they can keep that up for this entire series. And it's gonna be a long one. And if any team can ha- can match the Warriors' spread ability, it is the Rockets. The Rockets are the only team that I've seen this season that has glimpses of that. So, and the last thing is, I mean, if 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 the Warriors get down twenty points in the first game. You know, they in in classic Game of Zones fashion, they can unleash out of the cages Zaza Pachulia in order to inflict <laughs> take some out hard, take out Harden. <laughs> it's a repeat of last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
right, I, the whole series is, but just as some like a separate tangent, you know what's been uh, interesting? I was just thinking about this is KD and Harden. I mean, people are gonna think I'm a hater, hater, but it's funny how the Thunder, right? They must be thinking, man, KD and Harden are both gonna be in this series, and we both had them on our team. And we somehow ended up with the worst guy out of those three, who was Russ. And now we got out in the first round, and here are KD and Harden in the Western Conference Finals. I, I, still would, can't I wouldn't necessarily say he's the worst. I also think that the the franchise of the Thunder have been frugal. They aren't willing to go put out the money like the Warriors and the Rockets sure, yeah, have, Thunder have been willing to do. I mean, <laughs> Thunder owners match. He, he's probably losing sleep over having to pay Melo next year. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> and Sean's coming to Westbrook's side to save him as usual. No, no, I think in general, I mean, the decision for Harden to leave was a money issue, right? They made or they tra- yeah, they traded him, yeah, over money. Be- because it was, it was a money issue. And it's $4 million. Like, come on, man. This owner's so cheap. <laughs> yeah, and... And yeah, I mean, the biggest thing about James Harden is, I mean, he wouldn't be... He's not that... He wasn't the James James Harden of today, he wouldn't have developed into this if he wasn't on the Rockets and wasn't given the ball that much, and he developed into what he is now. He showed flashes of it on the Thunder, obviously, but he wasn't this James Harden. But he, 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 he would have given them, Harden. he would have given them insurance because you know how. So uh, one of those playoffs, Russ was out because that was the year Beverly took him out, and Russ had the torn ACL. If Harden was there, I mean, yeah, he would have. He was coming off the bench at that time, but he would have came right into the starting lineup, and who knows, the Thunder fate might have been different. Yeah, it all changes in that uh, finals against the, was it the Cavs? Uh, which the, final? The Heat. The Thunder Heat. The Thunder Heat. The Thunder Heat. The Thunder Heat. With LeBron, you can't even want LeBron James. Sorry, so LeBron James is always there. I just knew it's some, some LeBron so James. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was going to bring that up too. I mean, that, that finals is very interesting because that kind of altered the, the, the course of history in so many ways. That was LeBron's first championship. Yeah. Uh, other interesting tidbits, I remember this so well because, like, I mean, it was LeBron's first championship. <laughs> Nostalgia. Like, uh, it was. Yeah, back then it was 2-3-2, so it was very interesting that the Thunder had home court. Uh, LeBron stole one game on the road and didn't never let them come back. They won it in five. And I think that... that So going back to the point about this is Harden. Harden was, like, really off that series, and he was coming... He, he, Mi- he, he was the Miami nightlife. Yeah, <laughs> that was a piece of it, and it's like... Back then, Harden used to come off the bench as crazy as that was. Like, he was, like, a sixth man back then. And, like, he never got found a rhythm, and he kind of... Played amazing through the rest of that playoffs, but in that series, he never quite showed up. And I think um, all of that together, like, were kind of why the Thunder never got back to that point, and everyone kind of went their own ways. And that was a very like critical, transformative moment in like NBA history and like kind of how we see the league right now. That that one NBA Finals. Yep. All right, guys. Any parting thoughts before we end this podcast? Um. Any final prediction? So, what's what's everyone's predictions for the upcoming series? Like, just to have it written down so that uh, also oh, when we uh, go back each to other this... out down the line. <laughs> I got Cavs in four and Warriors in six. Uh, I got Cavs in five and Warriors in five. I got okay. I guess if I had to really say Cavs in five and Warriors in five as well. But really, guys, Mohan thinks Cavs in four. And he thinks Warriors in four. Let's be honest. He's a winner. He doesn't. He doesn't think about losses. <laughs> He's just using his reverse psychology. <laughs> All right, guys. It was good talking to you, and uh, yeah, it's good talking basketball with you guys. Thanks for yeah, having me on. Of course, man. Thanks for tuning tuning in, guys. Uh, Looking forward to speaking to you guys next week about what we see in the, the conference finals. Yep. All right, guys. We'll catch up with you next week as we're halfway through the Western Conference Finals. Later, guys. <laughs> Later.